In this episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, I'm joined by musician, singer, and certified coach Rick Gosward. Uh, Rick and I began the episode talking about sharing how we got connected via LinkedIn and that Rick really resonated with the content he saw me uh, share daily and prompted him to want to reach out and begin to establish a rapport and build a relationship with me. Uh, Rick shares how he first got introduced to music by being introduced to record players in the early 60s from a singer named James Daphne. He then learned to play guitar, and by the age of 15, he traveled to coffee shops and learned how to sing. He then toured with a vocal band in a motorhome and traveled the States for a while, and then his band was asked to go to Europe and perform in cathedrals. Rick was also fortunate to visit places like Holland, and Belgium and some other great places in between his singing gigs while in Europe. He shares a story about playing at a middle school on a wooden stage playing a mandolin. He remembers being a wild man on the stage and wearing a green polyester suit that ripped while he was having a great time on the stage. Rick shares that after the overseas tour, he decided to leave the band for good to start a new journey as a school counselor in which he did for over 25 years. He shares that while spending many years as a school counselor, he still kept up with what was going on in the DIY space and released a few albums here recently pre-pandemic to keep his creative juices flowing. Rick and I also speak about his time as an adjunct college professor teaching courses in, in adolescent and human development. He also taught for many years at the school districts where he lived, teaching behavior management with kids as well as a stress management consultant. He also taught again at the college level later on, teaching marriage and family studies and youth studies. Rick shares that he decided to learn about professional coaching in 2009. He saw that coaching was much different from what he had done as a counselor. He found a school where he learned how to become a professional certified coach. He shares that the course he took was much harder than what the course work was for his master's degree. He then began to coach people on various different subjects like relationships, jobs, parenting, etc. After he retired a few years ago, Rick decided that he wanted to narrow his coaching focus down to music. He wanted to talk to musicians about the things that they were struggling with that was getting in the way of them achieving their goals. Rick shares that his coaching philosophy is about getting really clear about the vision of what an artist wants to achieve as their big goal. He shares that he's not a mentor or the expert, but that he and his clients work together in partnership because Rick feels that everyone is an expert. Rick's goal is to make sure that his clients are able to move forward after working with him with the utmost confidence as they move towards their goals. Rick shares the importance of having the knowledge of the business and a base of a solid foundation. He shares that so many musicians crash and burn because they try to go from zero to 60 and because they don't reach their goals quickly enough, they quit. Rick shares that artist development is so, is so much more than teaching someone how to sing and the things that come along with being an artist, but he says that it's even more about personal and professional development. He shares that being able to communicate well is such an important skill in artist development. Rick and I talk about how so many artists are, are looking for the golden ticket, hoping that someone discovers them, and that just most of the time isn't the case. Rick and I also talk about having a strong mental approach to achieve the goals that artists set out for themselves. Rick and I end the episode discussing Rick's five areas that he works with in artists as he starts with the base of the pyramid being authenticity. Rick shares that he wants his clients to be able to know who they are, 
what the values, strengths, weaknesses, and beliefs are for his clients to be able to know is such a key for their success. Rick talks about branding being a major key as well as being able to develop a solid fan base. Rick shares that finding a tribe of supporters is extremely important and being able to build a community will often make the difference for most artists. Rick also talks about the difference between intentions and goals. Intentions are all about seeing the bigger picture as well as the artist's life's vision, being able to identify the journey you're on. Rick gives the example of working, of walking alongside a mountain and you see a clump of trees and that being, that being the goal that they set out for themselves as an artist. If they walk along, they encounter a landslide and getting over those boulders would just not be an option. Most people would quit in that scenario. But rather than realizing that their goals can morph and be molded into other goals, the intention is about enjoying the journey because you can always create new goals along the way. Rick talks about creating an action plan for the artist. The title of Rick's course is, is Up and Coming Musicians Workshop, Kickstart Your Music Career. Rick and I talk about what's so great about the music marketplace today is that age doesn't really matter because if you're just doing tracks, uh, the cost to make a record isn't as high. Rick also talks about how he works with hobbyists who don't want to make a full-time income from music, but really they just need someone to hold them accountable to get their creativity into the marketplace. Mindset is everything in order to achieve success. Rick shares that he often asks questions to his clients that will challenge their belief systems and get the negative thoughts they create that create obstacles for them. He makes sure to keep his clients accountable and making a point to check in with them to make sure they are staying in tune with their goals and getting things done. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Another episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast. This is episode number twenty, well, number twenty-one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, I, and today we have a friend of mine, uh, Rick Gooseward. Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, close enough. Gouseward. Gouseward. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got. Oh, I want to get it right because you know, out of respect for you, definitely. <laughs> okay. um, Rick, Rick, you know, Rick and I connected on LinkedIn actually, and he. He's, he's a musician and an artist as well as a as a certified coach so uh, he does a, he works a lot with with creatives on their mental aspect of what they're doing it, 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 which is really cool so we're gonna get a lot into that today so Rick how you doing man hey I'm doing great been up since 5 a.m and uh, haven't stopped yet <laughs> oh wow okay cool cool man well like I said thank you for being here I appreciate it sure. Cool, man. So, um, like I said, we, you know, we got connected on LinkedIn. I think you just started, you found my information, like my yep. content that I was sharing and you just found it that it was viable and you, and I kind of built trust before you, we even spoke to each other just because yeah. Yeah. Of, of you saw what I was, what I was sharing resonated with people. And I, and I always preach that, you know, people build trust early on these days, especially just by watching your content and, is it viable to something that they that they find uh, 
useful. And I think um, that would yeah. be the case, the case with, with you in regards to me. Yeah, I resonated with uh, your posts, what's come out pretty much daily. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I connected with, with where you're coming from. And, right. um, and we can get into that further because it's so close to where I'm coming from, too. I share a lot of the same kinds of things, but I do, uh, I have a bit of a different job than you do. So right. uh, uh, in some ways right, uh, and, right. and, and not in others, but yeah. Exactly, exactly. But what you do is very, very, very needed and valued for sure. So I want to get a little bit into your story. Uh, sure. So, uh, so sure. I know right now you live with your wife in, is it Sequim? Uh, squim, as in, squim? yeah, S, it would be like S-Q-W-I-M, Squim. Got you. Or so, S-K. You and know? I know that's near Seattle, but is that where you're originally from? No, I'm from Seattle. Okay, so you're from Seattle. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, so talk to me about your, your, your earliest, you know, your, your early experience in music. I know that the art, your passion for the art started at age 14, right? You know how when you uh, play the guitar. Yeah. Actually my passion for music started way before that. Let me tell you a quick, okay. quick story. When I was about, uh, must've been about nine or 10, uh, you know, some of the kids in the neighborhood, uh, would do these little, uh, shows. And, uh, and so, for my for my little part that one day I remember there was about three kids that came and we were upstairs at this guy's house and um, you know in those days we had what are called record players you know most people don't know what those are now you know right. uh, <laughs> but anyway I had a record player under my chair it was hidden by a cloth and so I uh, I didn't know it was lip syncing at the time you know, I, I was, this is way back in the, in the early sixties. So okay. I put this record on and mouth, mouth the words to it. And I had no idea. I don't remember if it was the Elvis song or what that was, but I, I told him it was a song by Jimmy Cagney. Because <laughs> Jimmy Cagney was not a singer. He was an old, old actor, you know, I don't okay. think he was a singer. Maybe he was, but I didn't know who else to pull out of the hat. So I just came up with this name I'd heard, and that's kind of where it started. But I, I didn't play an instrument till my neighbor next door said, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I was about 14 at this time. We'll skip ahead. Okay. 13 or 14, he said, I'll make a deal. I'll buy you a new guitar and my son a new guitar if you'll go with him and inspire him uh, to take music lessons. And I said, you got a deal because I've been waiting. My parents weren't interested particularly in, in helping my music uh, desire, you know, right. my, my music uh, feel and sense. So he gave me a $10 guitar. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah $10. $10 guitar. And it worked, you know, it, it was kind of a junior size deal. It was like a, maybe a silver tone or something, you know, from pennies or, you know, somewhere like that. I can't remember. So I, we went to, I think it was six or eight guitar lessons. He was fumbling and fumbling. He wasn't enjoying himself. I was running circles around, you know, the players. So we'd play this little tune and then I'd play all these little intervals between the notes. So I'm kind of running circles around some of the other guys in the class and the instructor's looking over at his glasses with that frown on his face, like just follow the directions, man. You know, so, so I was done with that and I, I learned some basic chords and, and I was always very musical in, in my head and in my life. I think um, I learned 
uh, actually early in the church experiences is, is where I learned to sing and read notes. And, um, you know, I'd hear people behind me singing harmonies and, you know, really catching up on, on how to do harmonies really well and lead vocals and stuff. So at about the age of 15, uh, I bought an all city bus pass in Seattle. My parents didn't know where I was, but I was going around all these, it was a coffee house scene back in the sixties. And I was going there playing guitar and singing, uh, not so much of my own music because I hadn't written much yet at that point, but doing covers and, uh, songs and almost got killed a couple of times uh, oh, uh playing in the heart of seattle <laughs> i was so naive man but uh but that's kind of where i cut my teeth yeah yeah and, th and there's more after the story in terms of my music career but um that's kind of where it all started and my passion for for music and the the arts that way yeah cool so all right so yeah let's get more to you like you so so after that so i know you ended up going overseas for a little while right you i did touring so tell me about some of those experiences like yeah yeah well i got into uh i was asked to join a a, a vocal band that had heard me play somewhere and so i tried out and i had um i had known these people and followed them for a while and always dreamt about wouldn't it be cool if i could ever play with these guys my gosh Right. You know, um, it was more of a vocal band. We did have bass. We had electric guitar, acoustic guitar, uh, mainly kungas and other rhythm instruments uh, easier to travel with and without a whole kit and everything, and a keyboard. Uh, and it was pretty full sound because most of it centered around vocals. So we toured uh, in a, a motorhome, that, a brand new motorhome that was given to us for uh, touring. Oh, wow. And, and uh, we toured most of the states. And, uh, and then uh, this was for two years. The band lasted over 10, but I was with them about two years. And then uh, so we, most of the states, we just would travel around mostly living with host families. So our manager would set us up just to save money. And so we could keep going with selling our albums that right. we recorded. Uh, that kind of kept us going. And then uh, we were invited by the uh, U.S. military to come over to Europe to sing in uh, to sing over there for their uh, military folks over there. And so we played over there, sang in some cathedrals, which was really cool because you got a natural echo. <laughs> that right. was really cool. Yeah. And uh, so we we spent some time over there, and uh, we were given a brand new Mercedes Benz bus along with a driver. Oh, wow. And, and they would take us wherever we wanted to go in between our singing gigs. So we would go into, uh, we'd go into Belgium. We'd go up into Germany, go into Holland. Yeah. Uh, I've been, you know, to, I've been, to, I've been to, so I've been to Luxembourg. Oh yeah. I've been to, we've driven through Belgium. Obviously spent, spend some time in Amsterdam and Rotterdam. So I'm familiar with that you know, with that area in Europe. Sure. Yeah. 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 A lot of my relatives come out of Holland. So I know yeah. that's where, that's where that funny last name comes from. <laughs> yeah, Holland is cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Amsterdam, you know, uh, in fact, the conference that I'm a partner with, you just might've seen me post about it. New school rules. So new school rules is, is the top yes. international urban music conference and festival in Europe. So yes. I'm a partner you with, 
with him. Ah, yeah, I saw so the post. I, I bring artists from America who've never really, who want to become global and have never performed overseas before. So I bring artists over to Europe. Sure, sure. Can I, I had to cool. figure out where can I kind of make my stake? Where can I kind of claim my, my space, right? And I feel like everybody works in independent music now, but if I can be the global, the guy that's the global guy, with real relationships across the globe that can really set me apart so i was fortunate enough to connect to go to new school rules for the first time in in 2018 and hanka and her husband have been essentially new school rules started off as a non-profit organization oh okay and so they were helping so what, what hanka was finding out was she had had spent a lot of time on the business side of the music industry what she was finding out was that people in holland they had the talent, but they didn't necessarily know how to take the business part of it. Sure. And they didn't have sure. the education that they needed to, to take their talent from a, was a talent level to now let's, let's talk about being professional. Right. Sure. Sure. So, so she started the first, her first conference in 2009. So now they're like, they're about nine editions in now. And so this year, unfortunately, because of the pandemic is, it's going to be virtual again, like it was last year, but, oh yeah, yeah but, 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 um, yeah, I, I had, then we did it. So in 2018, we did a tour, a little Euro tour after like conference. So we actually, that's how I got to, went to, I went to grown again, went to oh, yeah. con France, obviously with me them and, and, and I, Valencia, Spain, Barcelona. So, I, I've been in that whole European side of, of Europe and it's a very cool experience. The rules are different over there. The food's a little better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It I, is I, a different I, scene. Yeah. yeah. I totally get you. I totally understand. So yeah. yeah so, cool. But you, so you're touring with this band, you guys go to spend some time over there in, in Europe and things like that. Yep. And in the States, we did everything from, uh, television to, uh, to stadiums, to, to um, small little churches somewhere out in Idaho. Mm -hmm. I mean, we played, we played, a, our manager got us into lots of different places. I remember playing one time in Las Vegas at a, and I didn't want to go. We were playing at this bar and believe it or not, they had chicken wire up in front of the stage. And so we walk up on the stage, we get all set up and it's Easter Right. So we decided to do a few songs related to Easter <laughs> in our <laughs> repertoire, or that would be somewhat along that lines. Okay. And uh, I didn't know what that chicken wire was, but I wasn't feeling too good about it. So <laughs> right. got up, started playing, people started throwing bottles and oh, crap wow. at us. And I was not happy. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, and I had that premonition something was going to happen right. at, in, in Las Vegas. I, I don't know why, but it was not a fun experience. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so I, I've got so many stories, but one I got to tell you. Okay. I was at this school and our band was playing at, at a, uh, an assembly at, a, I think it was at a middle school. And so there was all the kids in this middle school. There's hundreds of them. And we were playing on this wooden stage. I'll never forget. It was probably about uh, four to five feet off the ground. And uh, I was wearing uh, green polyester bell bottoms. 
And and I was playing at that time. I was playing this mandolin. So you can imagine here's a six foot six guy. That's me uh, playing this little mandolin, uh, you know, along with the other rest of the band. So I'm playing along and, and I'm, I was a wild man. You know, I was like type A crazy man. So (laughs) I decided during this one part to do the splits off the stage and land on the ground. So when I did, my pants ripped all all the way from the backside of my belt all the way up to my crotch, right? And I could feel the wind coming through. And so I sat down in the front row and the band's going, get up here. Get up here. And I'm going, "Mm -mm, mm -mm." I say, get up here, man. Quick. Come on, man. We can't do it without you. You know, and and I'm saying, I'm I'm sitting right here. And they didn't know what had happened. You know, so so they played out the rest of the show without me. And so finally, you know, they had a good laugh. We all had a good laugh after that was over. But uh, I didn't think polyester could rip, but apparently it does. Cool, man. Cool. So, all right. So you, you, so eventually you leave the band, right? So you leave the band. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happens? So what causes you to leave the band at this point? Yeah, I, I, um, in my travels, um, and, and staying with a lot of host families of all different um, socioeconomic levels and cultural backgrounds right. and, uh, and, and races and, literally everything uh i began to develop a real heart for working with young people and so i just i wasn't sure how i was going to do that so i went back to school and you know studied uh you know working with adolescent development and 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 that whole thing and working with families and that kind of thing got my degree and then my master's after that related to that and I worked in, uh, initially I worked in churches and uh, worked with youth and family groups and that kind of thing. And then um, I got real burnout on that whole scene. So, so what ended up happening was uh, I, I started, I, I was challenged by a very close friend of mine to consider school counseling. So um, I didn't know a thing about school counseling because I never had one. So I looked into it. I said, that's for me. So uh, I spent 23 years uh, from about age 45 to a few years ago. Uh, yeah, just uh, doing that. Loved every minute of it. And um, awesome. so I got a strong background in counseling and um, uh, along that line, still uh, recording um, music of my band or, or uh of myself as well of course in those days we were doing 45s and vinyl records and and then came you know uh, eventually digital cds and now and now of course we're we're streaming so it's a whole different different world but i've kept up with it so that's good i just released a couple of eps in november of this past year Um, they were building up in my studio here so finally, I decided to get a master and, you know, <laughs> get on with it because, you know, COVID really set the, uh, for all of us, just really shut it down for many of us. So at right. least I had the songwriting and I had my studio and, and I could be creative and, and get something out on the, on the internet. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you obviously, and then I know you taught, so you taught so as, as a, as a teacher too, right? Uh, and, and, 
Oh, yes. that more? Yeah. So you taught the teacher as well. At well, two I colleges. did. I I did. I now uh, actually three because uh, uh, two of them. Let me, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, two of them were adjunct, and so they were just like doing a course here, a course there, oh, okay, and, they, gotcha. and and they were off of the main campus, so they would be in like a community college, but it was for a major four-year college. So, so, so what were the courses? It, what, what what would you what were you teaching? Yeah, yeah, mainly it was in the area of adolescent development and human development. So, okay, okay. yeah, and then also um, I taught for uh, many of the school districts around where I live, and um, those were along the lines of behavior management uh, of of kids primarily. Right. Uh, you know, helping with that, and and also I. I uh, was a stress management consultant for a pain clinic for a, a, a couple of years there in the late 80s, I think it was. So uh, that was before I got into school counseling. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, and then uh, in, in, at the collegiate level, I taught, uh, again, uh, I taught marriage and family studies, right. uh, you, you know, youth, youth studies or adolescent studies. And um and so, so that was a good time too. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of experiences I've had in there. And, uh, and so um, I still didn't know anything about coaching though. I had no, I had no yeah, clue. And, I, and, I, uh, and that was going to be my next, that was going to be what uh, I was going to go into next. So, so yeah. in 2009, yeah. you, know, you decide to yeah. kind of pursue, kind of heard like maybe I could be a coach and you really had no idea what that really meant right? no in in fact what had happened well I, I can't remember the whole story but what had happened was I was uh searching on something for the on, on the internet and, and, and uh up came the word coaching and, and I didn't type that in but it was it was part of a discussion of something coaching and mm -hmm. I thought well they're not talking about sports coaching what kind right. of what kind of coaching are they talking about what is right. it right so I read some and I thought, wow, what a different perspective than counseling, which right. I've been doing, which uh, uh, looks at a lot of the more um, problematic behaviors that people have that they're trying to work with and work with issues from their past and some of the trauma or, or, or whatever. Uh, and, and this puts a real positive look on the future, you know, taking what we have now and moving forward. And, and so anyway, uh, I, I looked around saying, well, where are the schools that teach this? You know, so I found one right in Seattle, and which was just a stone's throw from where I was living at that time. So I went there for 18 months, and I'm still working full time as a school counselor. So this had to be done at night on weekends. And I found that this was a harder course than my master's degree was. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, it was wow. pretty intense. And, uh, and so uh, when I got done with that, uh, I on the side was kind of coaching just general coaching. In other words, it could be on pretty much I'm trained to work out with people on any subject could be their relationships could be their their relationship to their job or career could be things related to parenting could be you know whatever kind of a generalized approach right so i was doing that part time and then when i retired a few years ago i thought um i'd really like to focus and 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 get down into um something i might even be even more in, uh, interested in in terms of a tighter focus and i thought well that's an easy one music right you know because <laughs> because i began to you know as as i was uh 
you know, my narrow focus was just pretty much on my own music and performing and recording and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking around at some of the needs that musicians had. I, I wanted to start there to start looking at and polling musicians and talking with musicians today about what are the things that they are struggling with? Right. What are the things that are keeping them from becoming uh and achieving what they want to achieve, what their dream is, what their vision is, what's getting in the way of that. What are the obstacles that they need to overcome? And so I began to pick up on what some of those things were. And I realized those are all things I could speak to. Those are, those are all kinds of things that I've had training about and, and can, uh, I think really work with, uh, with not only, uh, emerging artists, and, or even new artists who are barely got their foot in the door, mm -hmm. uh, but also established artists as well. Um, so having such a, a varied background. So, right. so coaching for me, you know, has been a very, it, it really looks uh, at the uh, getting really clear about what your vision is, what your, what really is your big goal. Exactly. And then, and, and then it's looking, it, it, it's before even developing an action plan of how am I going to get, the, to the big goal, which might be five or 10 years out before you even get to that. Let's do a deep dive into what might be keeping you or what has been keeping you or what are the challenges that are in the way right now that we can together as partners work through. So I am not a mentor. I am not, uh, even though I do a little bit of that, but I'm not the quote expert. I believe we're all experts. And so I partner with individuals to bring out their expertness. And so uh, I want them to be able to, after they're done working with me, to be able to take up their life, have full ownership of it, and, uh, and be able to move forward on their own with confidence and, uh, and achieve the kind of high goals they've set for themselves. Right. I find that um, one thing is, I think, true for, for what I've observed and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, you got to have knowledge of the business. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. You got to have <laughs> persistence and not give up. And I find that so many go from not setting a good foundation, which is a course that I've put together here, right. um, not setting the right foundation. And they go from zero to 60 in 10 seconds. And they think they're going to get to the top. And I know you've spoken about this almost every podcast you do. Yeah you're going to, and it's not going to happen. You know, yeah. you, you know, yeah. there's so many steps in between and you got to do your homework. And so a lot of them crash, not only because of the lack of knowledge, but I think musicians and others in the business, not just musicians, but right. will crash because they couldn't achieve it fast enough. And so they quit. Exactly. They get I, discouraged or, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's real, man. I think, yeah. I think mental, I think I always say your mental has to be right. Most, most everywhere, every life, but especially in pursuing this type of industry, this type of career, I don't use the word industry, this type of career, because I've always said yeah, you don't yeah. need the music industry right, to right, be successful right. in the music business. Right, right. A lot yeah. of people think that you, Rick, a lot of people are chasing what they think the industry is looking for. But what I always right. got to tell them is the truth is, these major record companies, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're just banking on whatever's hot. Get us that. That's 
they at this point don't really care about signing talent, right? They just want to go, they're signing artists based on viral numbers now. Right, right. Come to the point where they're signing influencers more than artists. So if you have the reach of an influencer, they're like, we'll turn you into an artist. You know right. what I mean? Does that make right, sense? right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I believe that not only do we have the mental issues that are behind this and being mentally ready, but emotionally ready. Right. So that's why I believe that um, artist development, as we've known it in the past, right. is so much more than well, we're going to teach you how to sing and really we're going to teach you stage performance. We're going to teach you some of the business we're going to teach. That is not totally artist development. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. But to me, artist development is all about personal and professional development. You know, things like, like you know, being ready and and to face that hot spotlight and, and to be able to, to uh, be sure of yourself and to, and to communicate well. Uh, you met, you've mentioned many, many times about relationships, how that's so critical and, and how we communicate with others and, and, uh, and building that sense of community and, and our fan base. You got to know how to communicate and, and you got to, you know, obviously be real, you know, when you do that. And so, uh, you know, it, 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 it's so much more. I like to look, look at it as, is the iceberg, you know, so up on top of the water, you see just the tip, you see the talent, you see the, the artist and, and maybe they're being successful and, and you want to be like that. But underneath that, there was a whole, you've got the massive part of the iceberg that it took to get them there. Right. And, and so, you know, you don't have a, now you might have a few people like Justin Bieber and, you know, a few other people saw somebody saw him on YouTube and bam, you know, the guy's got a straight ticket to where, I don't know if it was quite that easy, but there it are a few of those. Yeah, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> it's a one in a billion, billion, billion yeah, chance I mean, that yeah. that's going to happen. <laughs> they, they, you know, and, and back then, you know, and back then in those days of YouTube, you could get, have massive success, have, have only having a million, two million hits yeah. on a video. You, I mean, nowadays that's nothing, but yeah, then, yeah. You know, because you got to to realize YouTube's been around since 2005. Yeah. (laughs) So this is not something that, you know, it's it's been around for over 15, 15, 16 years. That's an entire generation almost now. Right. There's 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 an entire generation. Yes. Yes. Of kids of that were, you know, that the kids that were born who might have been three or four at the time who are now getting ready to be in college now. So that's a, that's a, that's a big time period. I mean, I graduated yeah. high school 2003. Yeah. So I'm almost 20 years out. Yeah. 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 Of high school. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah, man, it's definitely, I think, you know, I think, you know, there's certain artists like Justin Bieber and, 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 and who was fortunate enough to get connected to Scooter Braun and, and, and his relationships, but yeah, it's, a lot of times people are looking for that golden ticket and it doesn't necessarily right. really exist, you know? Right, exactly. Everybody's trying to get, well, if somebody just discovers me and it's going gonna, it's gonna to change, and it doesn't work, like we're no, we're no longer in the days of discovery, of somebody's going to find you. Right, as right. A, a and is going to find you in a, in a club somewhere at a performance and say, you got something special, we're going to develop that and turn you into something. 
Right, right. You know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And oftentimes now it's the reverse. It's like you have to get yourself from zero to 60. That's right. Right. You know, and so, you've got to be prepared for us. We're not going to be putting that much it, into you unless unless we it, know we're going to exactly, make money on you. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so your approach that you take into the mental aspect of success, I think it's so important because there's in, that you will experience a lot of crap, a lot of people trying to take advantage of you or trying to try to just do things you don't want, especially with especially with women. Okay, let's start right. with when when you're a female in this in in this space, all right. If you're somebody who is who wants to get involved in the industry, right, either as an artist or behind the scenes, and you're dealing with the industry now, as a woman, you got to be very careful, you know. So so there's yep. so your mental has to be strong because you're you're entering into the lines. Then man, you're entering into people who are not nice. There is no integrity. In the music bit, in the music industry, nobody has integrity, for the most yeah, part. <laughs> very few. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, so yeah. Every, you know, so you have to be wise about who you're spending your time with, and what do people want, and most importantly, what are you willing to give up? Because right. in order to achieve success, you got to give up something. Right. Exactly. And so I think yeah. what the stuff that you teach, as far as the mental and the 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 mindset, is so is really key, and like you know. Being authentic is something I know that's a key for you. That's authentic is. who you are. You know, can you talk about that for a second? Sure. Um, let me pop over to my course here a minute uh, because okay, that to, because okay. it the reason why is um, it it kind of looks at um, see I think I've got it up here. Hold on, yeah. Me, so hold on. Wait one can, second. Can now, you still see me? There you go. All right, I can see. Can you see me? Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, you're not seeing the show, the uh, workshop, though. You can okay. share it. Yeah, you can share. No, it. I'm. I'm not going to share it because uh, got to pay for this. <laughs> oh, oh, well, they, they ain't going to see it anyway because it's there's someone going to be audio. So. No, no, I see. Okay, so so um, I have uh, five major areas that I like to work with uh, artists on, and, and it's not just in this course, but but really there are f- uh, five uh, areas, and depending upon what the artist might want. Um, but I really stress at the very bottom, if this was like a pyramid, mm-hmm. the very base, the widest part of this pyramid is authenticity, is who are you? You know, and, and of course, philosophers and theologians and <laughs> writers, and, you know, people throughout thousands of years have been asking that question. But I boil it down to this. What are your values? What right. do you believe in? Right. Uh, what? what has your life been thus far and, and how would you do What do others say about you? What right. are your strengths? Uh, what are your weaknesses? You know, and, and that can, that can change throughout a person's life, a person's life, their values and their beliefs and things. They, they can change. It's not like set in stone, but it's important to know right now, who am I, who am I and who do I want to present myself as? Uh, well, obviously the real me, you know, uh, and, uh, warts and all. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, you know, so many, um, so many would be artists or up and coming artists are trying to copy not only the sound, but the look and the dress and the style and the, uh, you know, the musical, uh, style as well. 
and and et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to fall into a hole, you know, as far as I'm concerned. It's a, it, it's a, it's the dog chasing its tail. And so uh, right. out of uh, knowing yourself comes the issue of branding because right. you can't brand yourself. And we talk, uh, talk in the course about what is branding, but basically right. it's the, it's the idea of, uh, of, uh, of taking who you are, your authenticity, and now making it making it uh, so that others can see that right. uh, through through whatever means that is. Um, and so uh, we look at that whole question of of branding and and how do you do that authentically, and um, and what that means. And then then we look at uh, developing the fan base. Well. And you've said this many, many times that you don't want to just go uh, market your music to the entire world. Right. You want to find you want to find your tribe, your people. Right. You want to find those people like you. Those authentic. If you're being authentic, you want to reach those people like you, right. who like your style, who like your music, who like what you stand for, who struggle with you with the same kind of struggles. Uh, and, and so we look at that fan base and how the importance of communicating with that fan base and uh, that, that sense of community and really building your community. I remember what, what you had told me a few months ago, you had told me this, something of that nature. I forget, maybe you can remind me the name of it, but I'd rather have a thousand people yeah, that yeah, are committed. Yeah, so the thousand fan concept of theory, a thousand that, people who spend a hundred dollars a year. Yes. Right. They make a hundred thousand a year. Right. So a lot of creatives think if I don't reach the masses, somehow I'm a small artist. Right. I'm, right. And so right. they don't understand the premise of the term that there's riches in niches. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so many people feel like, oh my gosh, you're just trying to pigeonhole me into this niche. I'm like, well, if the niche is going to make you six figures a year, what's wrong with that? Absolutely. Yeah, I see so many with, with, the, with, the, uh, with the intention of how many streams or how many followers I can get. And I see this all the time on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and all over the place. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just hit 1 million. I just saw this yesterday. I just finally hit 1 million streams on my song in less than three months, you know, or, or, or followers or whatever. And that doesn't mean anything to me. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, what does that mean other than you reach that goal? Okay. Right. So what does that mean? How does that translate into what your view of success is? And, and right. Um, right. Because what they got to realize a million streams is not the same thing as a million albums monetarily. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes. Yeah. A million streams nets you about 4,000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to think about it. So you got a million streams on whatever you got. You made four grand. Yeah. That's it. So you really did. So you could make $4,000 selling 200 t-shirts. Yeah. At 20, yeah. 30 bucks a piece. Or hats or right. whatever. So, I mean, yeah. so, 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 so you, there's other ways to get to other ways to get to, to that type of money. When you have community is when you build community, they care about you. The streams don't matter so much. It's the experience. Right. And they're going to tell their friends about you and they're going to be exactly. added to that 
to that fan base or community. I think I like that word much better than fan base. Yeah. But um, so then in the, in the course that I work with here, I also, we talk about the difference between intentions and goals and, and mm -hmm. why intentions uh, are a more powerful uh, okay. means. Yeah, I won't go into that. Yeah. And, and so intentions are something along the lines of, um, it's the bigger picture. It's, it's what do you see your life vision as? What do you, what is your life about? Um, you know, when it boils down to it, it's, it's, it's about, um, it, it also has to do with the journey you're on. Mm -hmm. So imagine you're, uh, you're on a, you're on a, a mountainside and you're walking, you're walking up this trail and you see this clump of trees and that's your goal. You want to get to this clump of trees because it's right at the top of the mountain. You want to be able to stand at this forest and look out over the valley. And as you go along, you come across, oh, something like a, a landslide and you can't get over those big boulders no matter how you try. There's no other way around. You're not going to reach the goals that you had set for yourself. Right. Some people then give up and say, that's it. I'm all done. Instead of realizing that goals morph in or can morph into other goals, uh, they can be, uh, you know, molded into other goals, or, or you can drop those goals altogether and create new ones. But what's right. most important is the impetus, the power, the energy. That's the intention part is where you're enjoying the journey. So that wow. no matter what, no yes. matter what, what your goals are, whatever your goals happen to be big or little or whatever your action plan is to get there. What's most important is you're following your passion, your vision, uh, because you can always back up and set a new one. Uh, right. right. So, so intention is really at, at the beginning of goal setting. Uh, and so we look at goal setting and, and setting what's your, what's your big goal in this class and, and, and defining it. Lots of, lots of interaction between members because I'll have a small group in this class. And then lastly, we look at um, what, what is our action plan? So being that, the average musician who wants to hang with it, make this a career, is looking yeah. at five to ten years out uh, right. pro probably – how can I work backwards in my goals to be able to get there? So what are the steps necessary and what are the markers and what, what are the, how do I know that I've achieved that part of the action plan to go to the next step? So that by the time I reach five or 10 years, whatever it is you've set for yourself, I've made it, you know, I've, I've, I've accomplished those steps. And so, um, yeah, so that's basically how that course goes. It's uh, just been listed on Eventbrite dot com and uh the title of it and and uh is up I'll make and sure coming we put in the show notes as well i'll make sure we put in the show notes yeah access to it yeah yeah it's kind of a long title but this is what i what it is it's up and coming musicians workshop uh colon kickstart your music career so this is really geared at young artists or they could be middle-aged artists too but primarily ones that are just wanting to or just entering the music um uh, uh career look yeah. you know looking at I their career that. i love that because i think nowadays with the internet age doesn't matter anymore you know the reason no. why age used to matter was because when record, when record companies used to be the driving force they focused on value right so yes yes when you focus on value you want to be younger 
Like so, because because it cost so much money to make a record back then. Yeah. So it, you weren't going to sign somebody who hadn't had any success at the age of thirty-five or forty on their first album because if it flops, you're not going to go. Well, you don't want to go have a recording budget and all the money it's going to take to make that next record. That's right. And not yeah. know because see back then, and I heard this story too. Prince's first manager, I think I follow him on Instagram. He said his first album, that was they wasted that album. That was a waste album. They're just trying to test to see if things would work. And see, see back then, you know, nowadays it's easy. You can people put out music so quick because of streaming. It's so it's so it's 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 not that expensive to make a record. Yeah. Or it's like if you're just doing tracks, it's yes. not that expensive. If everything's digital, it's not that expensive to make a record. But back then, when you have bands and string arrangements and horns and all the things you have to do to make a record, it gets really, really expensive with studio time and yeah, yeah. studios. So, so labels just, again, you know, they didn't really, they didn't really want to, uh, they had to be sure, man, they wasn't going to spend the type of money um, for artists who was a little bit older. So, right. Yeah. You know, so nowadays, because the internet matters, the internet is coming to play. It's kind of level the playing field. So now age doesn't matter. If you're 55 years old and you've always wanted to make a record and, and now you feel you are ready and want to do that, you have the resources to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. So, you know, and the op- opportunity to do it. So you just need to have the right knowledge and the right, and that's where you come in and people like myself come in. Right. Right. With the proper knowledge and expertise to help set them up for success. Yeah. I even work with hobbyists, you know, people ah. that don't intend to be this a career, but this is their hobby. Yeah. Uh, they got a great job. They love their job. They don't want to be a, a career musician, yeah. but they need somebody to, uh, I have one guy that uh, I'll be getting in touch with again. He, he's, uh, he's out of the country, mm-hmm. but he uh, works for the air force and um, I think it's air force or Navy real high up. And um, he said, look, I need somebody that will hold me accountable. And I yep. said, well, yep. tell me more about that. <laughs> and he said, he said, uh, no, uh, I have all these songs in my head and all these tunes. And this is the style that, that I really, uh, want to uh, get going, but I really need somebody that will walk with me in this journey to be able to, uh, so I'll get something done, you know, cause I want to get this stuff down. I, I want to get it down and I don't know what I'm going to do with it at this point, but, but I want to get this down and record it and, and be proud of, of something I've created. And that's maybe all the further somebody might want to take it. Yeah. You know, it's my feeling that, uh, the music career, you know, we, you had mentioned that people can enter at really any age, but but it's like any other career. I think is eventually there's an end, and <laughs> and and it's not a, it's not a lifetime. It's not you know it's not a, like uh, there always is going to be a shift or an end or a reemphasis in it in one's um, goals musically or whatever. Uh, you know, because they might be fifty five or sixty, but they're not able to perform anymore. They can't right. get out there to a live audience. The only thing they can do, though, is be able to get their music out there and, and stream it or whatever, which right. is still highly valuable. And and a person can really find, you know, develop their career that way. But as far as maybe getting out there to, you know, uh, get out there and really be live and be able to 
get their merchandising out there and, you know, really, really have the big shows or even medium-sized shows might not be possible anymore. Right. True. You very, know? That's very true. Very yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Very true, man. Um, you covered so much. We covered so much today just on the mindset, man. I just, that's what I want this episode to be about. Mindset. Yeah. You know, um, understanding the different parts of the journey. Something you said earlier, the journey. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Trusting your journey. That's you right. Know, so many artists are, they want to get to, they want to get to the destination so fast. Yeah. It's like, slow down. Yeah. Because you know? you're going to crash just as fast as you went up. Right. If, if you don't set the foundation and, and really it's, it's the old, uh, it's the old adage, you know, you're going to build your house on sand. I mean, seriously, are you going to build your career on, on, um, you know, on solid ground on, on a foundation or are you not? I mean, that's a very straightforward question. And right. so if you're not going to take the time to get the knowledge and to be able to set a firm foundation personally, professionally uh, with the mindset and proper emotional readiness, social readiness to go into this business. It's going to be tough. It's tough anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, this is a tough business and um, well, some, like you said, are very unscrupulous. What are, out some, there. what are some of the, what are some of the, so take me through somebody who comes to you and what are some of the kind of things you have to kind of refute or some of the things you kind of, have to be able to, they have a, what are some of, what's some of the mentality or some of the, the misgivings or misconceptions that somebody who's coming to you and they know they want to be this music creator and like and you look at them and say hold on you got it all the way wrong like what <laughs> what do you what do you kind what do you what what's kind of a, a major red flag well, that we haven't touched on that you see that you commonly see a lot based off what the area that you spend time in expertise. In. Yeah, I, th I think uh, most of it isn't so much. Um, well, it is somewhat unrealistic uh, dreams in the business. But um, what I what I I think probably some of the biggest stuff is um, belief in oneself mm -hmm. that I can do this um, mm -hmm. and that, that I have the the uh or that i can have the inner knowledge and and the inner belief in myself and and uh with those around me my 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 team you know uh whether that's my street team of friends and family who support me or, and or whether it's a professional team of people uh but but you know moving beyond here i'm sitting in my bedroom or my house and you know, I just purchased a bunch of beats or whatever, and now I'm writing to it. And, and I've gone down to the local, uh, you know, the local uh, recording studio and I've got my tunes and, but I don't know where to go from here. I don't know, you know, and so they get lost in all this and not having the knowledge a lot of times. So um, I want, I want people I work with to really um, find out for themselves. And I help set that up. So by asking really uh, sometimes power, very powerful questions of them okay. so I can challenge what their belief systems are around things or around obstacles that they're encountering. It could be financial obstacles. It could be, um, uh, you know, emotional obstacles, you know, uh, uh, believing they just can't do it because they've been told all their life that everything they try 
turns to dust. Right. So it, it could be breaking through some of that stuff, the old messages, old tapes that they hear. Um, and then, you know, we look at, you know, setting appropriate goals. How, how do you set goals and an action plan? And, and then having accountability with them. So I'll say something like to them, I'm, here we are at the end of our session. Uh, you've achieved what you said you wanted to, you, to achieve during this time. Um, or, you know, um, and I'll say something like, um, what are you willing to do this week to anchor what you just learned? And they'll say, well, what do you mean anchor? And I'll say, well, how are you going to make that real? And by what day can I call you and check up on you to see, you know, and so they, they, sometimes people will say, you don't need to check up. On, I'll get her done. And other people say, yeah, check in with me and um, see if by Wednesday that I've done this, this will give me an impetus to get this done. But, you know, so, so, you know, that's, that's uh, some people like work that way and others are quite motivated themselves. So, but in answer to your question, a lot of it is the self-esteem issue, the knowledge issue. Um, and, and I really want people, like I said, I can't uh, reiterate this enough is to believe that they have the talent. Uh, they have the um, creativity. They have the, uh, the ability to th- to work through these things themselves and, and realize that they have everything they have internally, or they know how to get it themselves. So that's, that's what my job is. Now I could sit back and be, be a teller to the people. The, the problem with that is, is that they may go, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe, you know, and so, you know, it didn't come from them necessarily. So my goal is to help help their vision come from them and the pathway of how they're going to get there. My job, I'm the receptacle. I'm the person who asks the tough questions. I'm the person who has the, you know, uses a variety of techniques to help them open up what their vision is and how they're going to get there and how they're going to work through the issues that face them. So, um, yeah. So I hope I answered your question. I'm not sure. No, you did. But... No, you did. And, and again, it's a little bit of a different, I mean, I talk about some of those things in my coaching, but, but you put a real emphasis on that, which I think is so important. Cause again, it ties back into the mental portion of it. Like, yeah. Like, and, and, and the fact that there will be roadblocks, there will be things that are going to come that you're going to have to deal with some curveballs you didn't foresee coming. And yeah. Are you strong enough mentally to handle that? You know, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. So, man, it's, it's it's been so much fun to talk with you today. Um, where can people find you? Indeed. Who want yeah, to, hey. uh, who, who, who are interested in possibly working with you? Uh, how can they get connected to you? Yeah, yeah. And I want to say it's been a pleasure again meeting uh, you again on online here, and uh, and especially doing this podcast. Been been a, been a lot of fun. Uh, sure yeah, is. they can connect with me through a couple ways. One is my website, which is uh, professional artist coaching. That's dot uh, com. So that's uh, singular artist. So professional artist coaching dot com. And my e- Gmail is uh, is uh, pro art coach. P R O A R T C O A C H at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Best way to reach me. 
Yeah, I'll make sure we put that stuff in the show notes and put your information. Yeah. If people want to know about the course that I'm doing, more specifics and how to connect and how to register for that, it's only 99 bucks for five one-hour sessions. So oh, uh, it's going to be that's powerful. Yeah, that's definitely and people fair. are going to learn from each other. I have a complete thing I'll be presenting, obviously, but uh, but also it'll be just a time to learn from one another. And uh, people will be at various levels of uh, in their career. They might be just starting out or a little ways down the road. So yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. And for guys, this has been another episode of the Encouragers by our podcast. And this is your host, Darrell Peart. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs>